0: hey, let me tell you why this is wrong. You know, let, let, mm-hmm. let me tell you why, what you've done or the way that you spoke or whatever is, is first and foremost against what God has said we should do and, and how we should mm-hmm. act and these things. And not only have you sinned against... God in this. you've sinned against your brother or your sister or your mommy or you know uh, mm-hmm. or, or me and so and so actually just kind of slowing down and and taking that time to teach it has been so fruitful
1: This is the Define Dad podcast show number 11 coming to you today from the great state of Texas. My name is Andrew Sullivan. Thank you so much for making this show part of your day. Defiant is defined in the dictionary as showing a disposition to challenge, resist, or fight. And this podcast equips fathers to fight for themselves and their families using the truth of the gospel. A recurring theme over today's podcast is the idea that it is, quote, defiant uh, for a father to admit when he's wrong. And it is. Uh, we live in a time when I, and I suspect you as well, uh, we're tempted to act like our wrongs really aren't that bad. Uh, we we play the comparison game, you know, I'm not a terrorist, you know, I'm not a, a rapist, I'm not a murderer, you know, things like that, uh, you know. We, we hide our sin, we deflect when we're called out by our wives, or our kids, or our loved ones. Uh, if you get one thing from today's podcast, it's this, it's okay to admit when you're wrong. It's okay, and it's right to ask for forgiveness, especially with those who are closest to you. Um, if you are wanting to live in a way that points your kids and your wife towards Christ, and I suspect you are if you're listening to this podcast, if you're wanting to live in a way that points your kids and your wife towards Jesus, then you need to admit to them when you've been wrong. Uh, Randy Fuller and I discuss this concept more uh, in today's episode. Randy is a great guy. He's the associate pastor uh, and associate pastor, excuse me, at Northbrook Church in Fort Worth. Uh, I find him To be just uh, refreshingly honest, a really friendly guy, and I think our conversation today uh, it brings a whole lot of goodness, Uh, uh, a strong message that is that uh, you and I both need to hear. And uh, one last thing, if you're listening uh, and you've never left this show a rating, would you mind doing that right now? Uh, Whether you're on Spotify, Apple, whatever it may be, a five star rating would really help boost the visibility of this show so much, and it would really mean a whole lot to my guests and I. Um, You know, I'm not like bent on becoming famous as a podcaster. You know, I'm not trying to become sort of millionaire or like build this up to a point where I'm selling things to you or whatever. I, I just want more men to hear the truth of the gospel. I have this conviction deep within me that so many of the men uh, that I come across, uh, maybe in my personal life or just through reading social media and, and somewhere in between, you know, whatever that may be. Like I come across so many people who I think believe that they're Christians, but deep down, uh, they're not. You know, I think there's a lot of people who really mean well in, in the way that they raise their kids, uh, but they're, they're unaware that they're leading their kids to the grave rather than to the source of life. Um, and so I ask you to rate this podcast, to share it with a friend, uh, to share it on your social media pages, you know, whatever that may be, uh, just so that more people can hear the good news. Of jesus christ it's not to make my name famous at all uh in fact I, I i don't even love that i have to attach a name my own name to this work i just want it to be a resource for other guys like you and i uh, so anyways if you could leave a rating that would sure mean so much to me if you share it you know whatever you feel led to do if anything that would mean so much to me and uh, without any further ado here's my chat with randy fuller that's awesome man well thank you so much for uh Thank you, Randy, for making time for to be here on the podcast this morning. It really means a lot, my friend. Dude, I'm honored,
0: man. I feel I feel um, very
1: uh, uh, inept, but glad to be here. Hopefully, oh yeah, I'll no, share some of the mistakes. No, no, you're not inept at all. You know, you uh, spoke. Uh, I've, I mean, I've known you now for like a year, year and a half. Yep. and I thought you've always been a great dude, and um, you spoke at uh, City Church like a month ago yep. or so, yeah. and had a lot of like fatherhood parenting kind of elements in that and i just i thought i had well we did our pre-service meeting and i was like i immediately asked you i was like hey you want to come on my podcast and i think i probably caught you off guard but i'm so glad that you said yes and we've been able to pin down a date and uh you're here man yeah so man. thank you
0: um, again honored to be here dude
1: yeah what, um, let's get started by. Uh, <clears throat> I want to talk to you. Uh, I want to know your story first of all. You know, um, just so anybody who's listening who doesn't know you, um, you know, you could tell, like, you know, how you came to know the Lord, and you know your story about meeting your wife and having kids, and you know, let's let's start there, I guess. Yeah, man.
0: How how long is this podcast? Bu- <laughs>
1: Oh we no, you're good. So I I shoot for I shoot for sixty ish minutes, Perfect. give or take. Usually usually we're a little bit past okay. that but so we're it's not okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. Um yeah, man <coughs> And excuse me, sorry. Uh, I had bronchitis a couple weeks ago and uh, I'm fine now, but they're like you're. You're gonna feel like this cough will never go away, and I feel that way. So <laughs>
1: great, yeah, um, wonderful news. Good yeah, to hear that. Exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, Man, so I I was blessed to grow up in a, a family that went to church uh, every Sunday, every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and uh, uh, and heard uh, heard elements of the gospel uh, a lot, and mm-hmm. and um, you know for whatever reason just kind of thought I was a Christian and, you know, could tell you a lot of pieces of the gospel, but, um, like I could tell you that Jesus died, uh, and that for my sins and that I got to go to heaven, but I, I didn't understand like the, why he had to die. I didn't understand the, mm-hmm. the depth of my sin and the, uh, mm. you know, the offense of my sin, uh, to God. And, uh, so yeah, that, that kind of played out how you would imagine, uh, where you have bits of information and you, you kind of know something, but you don't. You don't truly believe it, um, yeah, and so just led to a lot of kind of moralism and um, just kind of good behavior um, in, yeah. in public, uh, but then you know, kind of sneaking around and uh, being <laughs> being a hood rat on the on the side. Um, and so, I man, it just kind of continued. I uh, there was just always just this, you know, this conflict in me of uh, feeling drawn towards the Lord and drawn towards the gospel and. Um, but, but again, just, I don't, I don't think for whatever reason, the the spirit just hadn't fully opened my eyes to, to that. And, uh, and so getting to, uh, uh, it was, man, I was out of college, um, you know, was working and again, would have said that I was a believer, but, uh, went to, um, it was just just through different circumstances Went, ended up going to uh, the church that I was at for, you know, 12, 13 years. Uh, and, and the preacher there was doing a service or uh, he was doing a sermon series leading up to Easter and it was called the cross. And this whole sermon, uh, was just about hell and just about how we're deserving of hell because we belittle God's name. And, Mm -hmm. uh, it was a really chipper sermon, you know? Um, Yeah. yeah. And, and in that, uh, at the end of it, he was like, He was like, That is hell is God's first righteous response to the belittlement of his name. Uh, mm-hmm. he said, And there's a but praise God, there's a second righteous response, uh, and it's not mm-hmm. heaven. And I was like, Wait a minute, what that's the opposite of hell. you know, so it kind of short-circuited <laughs> yeah. me for a second. And I was like, What? And uh, he said, The second righteous response to the belittlement of God's name is the wrath absorbing cross of Christ, and uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. There's there was just something in me that just broke uh, in that because I finally understood uh, how undeserving uh, I am to receive this love from the Father, uh, this gift mm-hmm. from Him. Um, and so mm-hmm. something Amen. broke in me, but also felt really whole uh, in that same moment. Um, and so that's that's you know kind of how, how I came to know the Lord. Allie, how, my wife. How I, old were you? Oh man, I was. Uh, I would have been 24.
1: Yeah. Okay. So uh, like you're that. like through college and all that. Oh yeah, man. And went to, dude,
0: went to so many Bible studies in college. So many, you know, like, uh, wow. led yeah. worship all, all the time. And, and again, I, I think there was genuine <laughs> desire there for the Lord, but, um, but I, I just, you know, as with a lot of things, I'm, I'm pretty thick headed. And so it, it just takes a little <laughs> bit for the Lord to pound some stuff into my, into my brain. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, you're
1: sorry. You're the only one. Definitely not okay, me. Good, I get it the good, first time. good. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, lone wolf is what I. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, man. So, um, was grateful for that. Met met my wife Allison in in college, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, we were super dramatic, kind of on again, off again for two and a half years, just kind of trying to learn wow. how to learn how to date in the kind of the Christian bubble, but also like. Without. You weren't also a Christian. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that was probably the biggest issue. I, I was and still am the biggest issue with my marriage. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, trying to figure out, you know, everything that we grew up with. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, assuming, I'm not sure. Uh, like, I'm 41, so I, I don't know yeah. how old you are. But but growing up in 36. kind of the – Yeah, yeah. Okay, so kind of the, you know, purity culture and, and all that stuff and trying uh-huh. to reconcile that with, like – the one that God has for you, you know? Uh, yeah. And so we were, like I said, we were pretty dramatic, but ended up, uh you know, being away for, like we broke up for probably nine, 10 months. And uh I think mm. we just needed that, man. We needed kind of the Lord to do some work. I, I certainly needed the Lord to work on my heart. And uh, I think she would attest to the same thing. Um And he brought us back together, man. Like I was, I was, uh, yeah.
1: You know, we do, kinda, do you mind if I ask? Like, do you mind if I ask why do you think you needed that time?
0: Man, I think because the Lord needed to just shave a lot of stuff off of our kind of idealistic, um, r- really kind of picture of what we thought was love. You know, like I think we needed. Interesting. Uh, we needed, like we thought. You know, okay, if I don't feel this certain way all the time. You know, or if I'm not enamored with this person, then yeah, uh, then it's not love and it's not meant to be. You know, which is yeah, yeah. A huge it's,
1: lie. You know? It's definitely a lie we get from culture. You know, absolutely. if I'm not completely, you said enamored, and I think that's right on. You know, if you're not completely enamored with this person, then there must be somebody better for you. And love isn't always butterflies in the stomach. You know, um, absolutely. I find I find there's like. <laughs> To quote the theologian John Mayer, you know he has a song called "Love Is a Verb." Um, it is man, and, and it's it's it is man. Yeah. It is it's it's great a song choice. Too. Yeah, it is good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, there's some people that think he stole that from DC Talk,
0: but I'm I'm not in that camp.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> DC Talk, I see yeah. it. This is funny. I don't think I know that song. But oh, is there's a, there a DC Talk song called that?
0: Love is a verb, dude. And it is love. L U V love is a verb
1: oh boy yeah i'll let you go
0: <laughs> check that That can be the intro music to this podcast the outro yes
1: yes yes that, i like that yeah like
0: that. you're right though <laughs> it, it is so like so often love is an action love is a choice love is you know i mm-hmm. it, it's it, in similar ways to the christian life you have to wake up every day and choose death you have to choose to die to yourself and uh mm-hmm. to love and serve others you know and uh there are days that i've wake up and I want to
1: choose myself and yeah. I want
0: to love and serve myself oh, man. but um,
1: yeah and how how cultural is that like I, I mean every message I mean no kidding so I was I came into my office like 10 minutes before we got on and I had to charge my headphones a little bit and so I just fired up a YouTube video and that showed this pre-roll like ad and like the open you may have seen this and like so somehow my ad blocker blocks the video but I hear the audio for all the ads on YouTube I don't, I don't know it's kind of weird but that's awesome. it said it said uh like the it starts off like the most important thing in life is you only you can change your path for the future and i'm like what in the world are they going on about like yeah you know so and then so it ends yes. up being it, it
0: ends up being a commercial for like some <laughs> toothpaste or deodorant or something you know <laughs>
1: Yeah, it would be perfect if it was. I always said skip before it gets to the end, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what they're selling, but yeah. Wouldn't surprise me, you know. Yeah. But uh love it is a choice, you know. And so that's that's good that the Lord used that time that you guys had separated for to to refine your heart and yeah. to hopefully teach you more about him. Um uh, so did you did you come to Saving Faith like uh before you guys got married? Like,
0: yeah, we were actually um we were actually we'd gotten back together, um, and then uh, we got engaged. That so that was that was like uh, April um, mm-hmm. of two thousand. It would have been two thousand six. April two thousand six, okay. um, and then we got engaged that November and got married that next June.
1: Mm, wow, so that's really cool. So that's a big year for you. It was, <laughs>
0: it was a big year. Yeah,
1: that's awesome, man. That's cool. Did did she was she a Christian uh, before you? Did she? Yeah. What, what was her spiritual life like in that yeah, time?
0: Yeah, man. I just thinking of her life just stirs my affections for the Lord, man. Just because of how kind and sweet he is. So she grew up in a family that didn't go to church. You know, uh, broken home. Her parents got divorced when she was in middle school, um, and uh, yeah, just that really had just kind of no. Boundaries, you know, no, like she just, she was, she could have done anything she wanted, but by the grace of God, man, fell in mm-hmm. with uh, a group of Christian friends in high school. Wow. Uh, and, and so like the, you know, party scene and all that stuff just never really appealed to her. Um, yeah. And she would go to, she would go to church with them every once in a while and was kind of interested in faith, but not, uh, not too much. And, uh, but then she ended up, she went on a, a like a weekend college tour, at, uh, Adeline Christian where we went, uh, she went okay. on a tour with a friend, uh, just randomly because the friend was like, Hey, I'm going on this college tour. You want to come with me? And, um, uh, she was, Allie was, was planning on, you know, trying to go cheer somewhere, you know, a D1 school or something like that. Yeah. Um, Cause she, uh, she's little and So she was a flyer that okay. her like 40 feet in there. And so she, awesome. ended up, <laughs> she ended up, she ended up going to, going into that tour and ACU's campus is, is beautiful. And she okay. just really loved it and loved the idea of a small town and, and kind of stuff like that. And so went there um, with an interest in the gospel. Uh, and one of the other draws yeah. was when you're when you're a freshman there, you have to take uh, you know Bible classes like core, you yeah, know, like New Testament, Old Testament. And so she was like, okay, well, I can go and learn some more of that. And uh, and man, the Lord just captured her heart, you know, through that. Wow. And so uh, she made the decision, man. Her uh, so her. Her her dad kind of wasn't really uh, around, um, and her mom, uh, you know, ha- had faith, but they didn't they didn't go to church often and stuff. But man, her grandparents really like her granddad is the one that walked her down the aisle, and oh, um, wow. her grandparents were just uh, they had, they just had a really strong faith and were really um, just instrumental in in her life. And so, actually, when we were saw so- juniors, when we were juniors in college uh I got to go and and we worship at her baptism where her granddad baptized her and uh oh, so wow. that's a How really cool. sweet thing so she she was you know she understood the gospel again she's she's much smarter than i am uh and uh and, and so she she got that and um was was really a huge um instrument in my sanctification and still continues to be man just uh, yeah she yeah she's a gift
1: that's awesome uh, man i yeah. I love your testimony and especially how your wife plays into that, um and how you guys like you said, you had ebbs and flows in your relationship early on and then um the Lord has really just sanctified you, you know, over time. And and not that you're perfect now, you know, like you say, you're you you are <laughs> the weak spot in your marriage and yeah. <laughs> I am in mine as well. Yeah, you know? I'm the problem. Um I think that's I think that's part of manliness is just understanding, you know, that, that we're not perfect. Um, the world wants us to be perfect. And the world expects us, demands us to be perfect. And a lot of times we put on this facade that we are perfect yeah. um, and we want to be treated as if we're perfect, but at the end of the day, we're definitely not. Um, I, I, I love your story too because I think, I, I've said this in an earlier episode of this podcast, but I think one of the things that about the Bible, one of the verses in the Bible that really frightens me, if I can be honest, is the path, is the... You know why does the path lead to destruction? You know, uh, and the, the wide gate and the narrow, the narrow path. You know, yeah. and um, I think there's a lot of people who think they're walking the narrow path. Um, a lot of people who have grew on church. A lot of people yeah. who know the right buzzwords, the right terminology. They know the worship songs, and you know, maybe even they're a worship leader. You know, <laughs> like you said, mm-hmm. and and at the end of the day, they don't actually. <sighs> They don't know the Lord, you know, for lack of better words. Um, yeah, and so it's it's cool to it's great to hear your testimony in that regard because I think I'm hopeful that there are people who listen to this and who listen to our words and who listen to other podcasts we've you know I've done and and they'll they'll really press into God and they'll yeah. press into the Word and say what does the Word of God really say? Because the Bible doesn't just say, "Hey, go to church every Sunday and take your kids to Sunday school and be a good dad." Like those things. Come along with it, but that's not Christianity, yeah. You know, yeah, like that's just a religion, that's a ritual,
0: right? And it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a difference when, when those things come from the overflow of, yes, understanding of the gospel and, and what the Lord is calling us to and not to and stuff. It's, it's not, it's like, should you take your kids to church? Should you be a good dad? Should you be present? Like, yes, all of those things, but, but, but you're working from your, your uh, right standing as a child of God and yes. out of that comes you know
1: overflows that
0: man which yes, again yes, like yes, you so an overflow said overflow of obedience kind of cultural
1: yeah, yeah. Um, how did you get into working at uh, the church uh, man so take yeah do what Go, no, no no I was just say take me take me from your college days into to where you are now yeah so like I said I was you know l-
0: would lead worship at kind of different Bible studies and and some stuff and um through a kind of random series of meetings uh, uh ended up uh there was a church um kind of n- near my hometown that uh that had said hey when you uh graduate we want to you know we want to bring you on as you mm. know young adult worship minister and my buddy was getting hired on there as the young adult minister and I was like dude this is awesome because I was playing in a band at the time and we were, um, you know, traveling a little bit. Nothing huge, um, but we were traveling a little bit and, and so this afforded me an opportunity to kind of do that a little bit and do that. And, uh, <clears throat> and man, it, it just was not a great situation, you know. Uh, okay. It, it didn't, didn't play out uh, super well. They weren't necessarily in a place to have me on staff uh, for a number of reasons. I was not in a place, you know, to... Anytime you have a... a Potential non Christian leading, you know, worship, <laughs> leading Christians there in worship. Some- it's like, felt, you know, you feel like more like a cover artist, you know, uh, as a, yeah. like, oh, yeah. Um, inviting people to see Jesus. Um, so, yeah. so it just didn't work out. And so I I uh, left and went into the marketplace and uh, had a job for probably seven years. Um, okay. Doing, man, I was writing like SQL code and doing all kinds of, uh, uh, like healthcare files and all kinds of stuff oh, wow. that I'm not cut out to do. Uh, but okay. um, yeah, I, but I can, I can fake a lot of stuff. And uh, so had that job, uh, <laughs> really enjoyed a lot of the people too. And, and again, you know, there, there's this theme of, in my life where the Lord just has to, I have to have time where the Lord just wrings stuff out of me. And so we had that period before mm-hmm. Allie and I got engaged. Um, and then I think those seven years, um, I still had the desire for ministry, um, and, and this was this was kind of right at the beginning of when I started working. There was right at kind of the beginning of when the Lord, uh, you know, fully opened my eyes, and 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 I had that desire, and I didn't understand why um, why He wasn't giving me that desire. Like if he if I felt like He was calling me into ministry, then why would He not? provide that um, but all that yeah. while man was at just a member of uh, my church and just trying to serve faithfully and he, he needed I needed that time uh, for him to ring out a lot of just kind of selfish desires um, to, to where it got it was probably the first four years uh, where it took the Lord ringing me out to where I could view ministry as ministry and not as I want to do music you know mm-hmm. and this is a this is a good way to do music Um, and so he got me Mm. to that point probably after four or five years got me to the point to where I go "All right, Lord I I get it if you call me to lay down my guitar and never pick it up again I still want to do this I still want to care for people I still want to shepherd Um, and uh, and and then I worked there for another two or three years (laughs) and so those two or three years were almost as worse I was like "All right, I get it like you know (laughs) uh, but then Again, at the end of that, uh, uh, my my church that I was at uh, opened uh, a Fort Worth. I was living in Dallas at the time, and they were opening a, a campus here in Fort Worth of uh, like a multi site campus, and that was, mm-hmm. um, I was from Fort Worth. It was just really appealing, and uh, yeah. and so um, yeah, through some different ways, the Lord kind of called us over there, and so I was the worship pastor there for about six years, um, hmm. and uh, and then. At the end of that, uh, man, the Lord just started, um, started. I, I I hesitate to even say like giving me new eyes to see scripture because I don't I don't I don't know theologically
1: how, how to work that out really. <laughs> yeah. But there was just, yeah you know not want to – yeah, yeah. Uh, the, like, the word was just fresh to you yeah yeah
0: yes uh, to me the word has always been the word but uh, but right. for whatever reason for me uh, like I there was just. My my journals, as I was studying the scripture and stuff, it, it was just different. It just started feeling a little more like I use the term "sermonic." I don't even know if that's a word, but uh, <laughs> but I would be able to see that and go, "Man, I feel like this could be a sermon." But but I, man, I don't yeah. like public speaking. I, you know, I, I mm. it's rugged. I feel if I can't hide behind an instrument, then uh, it was just really hard <laughs> for me. And so I was like, "Well, he's yeah. definitely not calling me to do that." Um, and i was like if i do ever have to preach like <clears throat> like i'm gonna hold a guitar the whole time like i'll just be George yeah. right up there you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna <laughs> play it but i'll just hold it. Um, <laughs> and uh uh so again man through just some random well seemingly random to me but just through a lot of um uh, different situations got some opportunities to preach at my church and um, wow. felt like the Lord um was just kind of awakening some giftings there. Um, not again. Not that I'm w- would say I'm super gifted there, but but I mean the yeah. the thing that I get excited about is what He shows me in the Word, and so I don't necessarily mm-hmm. like I don't necessarily like the act of preaching. Um, right as much as I Teaching. like getting to I, I like getting to tell people what i saw like what what excites me in the text and how this text is you know linked in, in this new testament text is linked to this old testament text and and and, mm. and just how the lord like how it tells one story and and you can just see yeah. jesus throughout so
1: i think that's one of the best parts about an ongoing and deepening faith in christ yeah. you know yeah. um <clears throat> you read the Bible as a non-believer and it's got some cool stories. If you're open-minded to it, you know, it's got some cool stories and some hope and some optimism and it's, you know, quote unquote, good, you know, that's like how the culture would see the Bible, you know, and sees Jesus. He's a good teacher, you know, and then you become a Christian and the Bible falls on you fresh Mm. and it's really great. And it's, it's got, it's a living and active. It says it is, and you experience that as a believer, you know, for the first time. And even, I'd say, being I mean, before you're a believer, you, you just don't realize that the, the Word is living and active. Yeah. But then, here you are, you know, 10 years or so, 15 years into faith, and, like, you're saying that that the Word is still falling fresh on your ears, and on your mind, and, and the Lord has awakened these giftings that He's mm-hmm. given you. You know, what would you say, actually, I wanted to back up. You said something that really piqued my interest, just like, two minutes ago. Um, what would you say to someone who feels called into vocational ministry, and they've been praying and hoping for an opportunity, and it just never seems to come. You know, I've got friends in my life who I love dearly, who know the Lord, who love the Lord, who are faithful believers, who um, even have gone to seminary, you know, even in some cases, and uh, that just can't seem to find that job opportunity. Um, what would you say? I always... I always struggle with words, you know, I always feel like I only have platitudes to offer, you know, like, what what would you, what would you say? Yeah. How could you encourage Uh, someone like that?
0: Man, that's such a great question. And I, and I think, uh, a lot of times, you know, we can, we can be well-meaning when we address those things in the same way that like, you know, if somebody's single and really wanting a spouse, um, It's yeah, like, there seems I, to be
1: a lot of parallels.
0: Yeah, and we can be really well-meaning of just like, well, hey, you just got to be content with where you, where the Lord has you, you know. But it, but it's almost <laughs> taught as if like, hey, just be content, and then once you reach this level of contentment, then the Lord will give you the desires of your heart, or give you know, then He's going to provide. Yeah, which is still just like transactional, which is again just ant- right. It's ant- still ant- an algorithm. Gospel. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it, it's not the gospel. It's it's you work to get. It, it's almost like. You know, uh, like like Buddhism or something, you work to get to this level of enlightenment and then, you mm-hmm. know, you've arrived. Mm-hmm. And and uh, mm-hmm. and so I think for me, like it was such a – my desire for ministry, w- w- there was so much of my selfish desire in there. I, I think the, the desire was there that – and I think the Lord – I truly believe the Lord placed that in me. Um, but me, as sinful as I am, it was so entangled with my desire to do music or my desire to not – sit behind a desk, you know, behind a computer or all that, you know, like there, there was so yeah, much of yeah. me that wanted that, which really, um, it, it, when I got to see that, but if I had been in, if I'd been in a position, uh, of, of ministry and leadership with all that stuff entangled in my heart, that, then it it would have been detrimental to the people that I was serving. It would have been detrimental to me, mm-hmm. you know? Um, mm-hmm. and so it, this desire for, For good, a good thing uh, would have been twisted by the enemy to to cause more harm than good, and Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. and and I'm not saying that as like there's not still sinful desires in me. I mean, by any means, like of course there are still, but but there were some really. Deep-rooted things uh, mm. that I think again the Lord just had to wring out of me, and uh, it, it's like man, I, I was helping my buddy one time clear out some bushes in his uh, in his backyard, and I mean these things were like six feet tall, and and uh, you know we went through and and cut them, and and the the stalks of them, you know, it, or the the trunks of them weren't like super thick, so we cut them out. We we're like, all right, good, that was easy, but then starting to dig up those roots, man, like. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, those roots were. I mean, it was unbelievable the grip that they had on that, and and so yeah. In a similar way, man, my, the 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 deep rooted rotten roots of uh, of sin uh, were were entangled in in those good desires, and so
1: mm.
0: all that to say, I, I think uh, you know the the time the waiting period before, like if you feel called to um, to ministry. The, the waiting period between when you feel the call and when you actually get called, um, you, you almost have to look at that as like a betrothal, you know, or like an engagement period. Mm. Like like it, there's a, an aspect of you just have to wait because the waiting is there. Um, but then also thinking about man, King David, like he received his anointing as king way before he received being king, you know, like he, he got that mm. call. And, and was anointed, and then he went back to being a shepherd. You know, he he yeah. went back to tending the sheep, and he had been anointed God's king. You know, yeah. uh, and and so I think using that time as a waiting to um, to man really search the Lord, and like if, if there is something that the Lord has for you to to teach you in this time, then really pressing into that, and not just kind of not just kind of stiff arming. That stuff and and focusing yeah. on, no, I feel called. I want to do this. I'm gonna I'm gonna search the church job sites and you know uh, and, yeah. and he's scouring that. But it's like, man, we have to we have to trust if if these desires are from the Lord and and if He said that they're good and right desires, then in His perfect timing, he, He's gonna He's gonna bring that to fruition. If it's for Him, yeah. if not, if we don't get that on this side of heaven, it's it's better to get Him. You know, like Absolutely. It, it, it's better to have the Lord, and uh, and 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 to just get to know, just be in, in, in a sweet, intimate relationship with Him here, that will make us better worshipers of Him in the next life, man. As opposed mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. just getting into ministry and just <clears throat> screwing a bunch of stuff up, man. You know?
1: Yeah. Just yeah. 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 Well, I appreciate that insight. That's good. You know, I, I, it's funny. I've, like I said, I've got a handful of friends who have all seemed to have, are facing this struggle or have in the past or, you know, and, and yeah. I would never know what to say. Cause I, you know, I never, <clears throat> I'm technically on staff at city church. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very quarter time or less job. You know, I like, I never intended to ever be on staff at a church and the opportunity presented itself. And it's been so fruitful and it's been yeah. so life giving. Um, I'm so grateful for it. And I my heart because it kind of just fell into my lap like my my heart aches for my friends who have like gone the more traditional route you know they've gone to yeah. seminary and they've studied and studied and were prepared and prepared and nothing seems to open mm-hmm. you know and so I appreciate that that gracious insight you offer um, I want to switch gears a little bit and get to um, Parenting. Uh, yeah. You you have kids, I assume. I do. I've I never do. met your kids, but but I knew that you had spoken about parenting, so I assumed you're a father. So I am. How yes, did. yes. It was
0: a good assumption, man. Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh, it's, safe. it's a safe leap. Yeah. Uh, what if I was like,
0: no, man, I'm, we don't have kids. But I'm glad to be well, here. Well, that's a good yeah. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for joining us today. Uh, yes, I have. Uh, I have three kids: two boys and a girl. Um, my mm. oldest son Barrett is in, in about ten days going to turn uh, eleven. Uh, Levi, wow. Levi just turned nine in May, and then my daughter Myla just turned six at the beginning of the month.
1: Wow. And so, how's that feel yeah. with an with an eleven year old? Is it is it a little a little scary? It,
0: it is getting there, man. <laughs> it's uh, yeah.
1: you know they
0: they talk about uh the, what are they, a teenager, you know, and, uh-huh. and he's, that's a, that's a badge that he's really trying to wear. Uh, okay. and, uh, <laughs> and so just, you know, trying to, we're just trying to navigate that. And, uh, man, he is a, uh, he, he's just a sweet, sweet kid. Um, you mm. know, and we, uh, uh, yeah, we're, yeah, we're just really proud of him. And, and it's, it's fun to see, you know, in parenting, it's fun to see like, uh, uh, some of your giftings and your strengths and, and some of your kids' things, uh, you know, some of their character. Uh, but then it is so, so heartbreaking to see some of your downfalls and some of your uh, your temptations and, and your character flaws uh, that mm-hmm. you've uh, passed along there. And you go, ooh, okay, the Lord has something for me in this too. <laughs> like, uh, so, yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, no joke, man. Yeah
0: it's fun yeah never a dull moment over here that's for sure
1: <clears throat> my oldest uh is five years old he starts kindergarten in nice. one week and i am trembling yeah the thought like i just i there's a photo on my piano over here in my office yeah of me holding him just minutes after he was born you know i'm still in my blue scrubs because we had a c-section for him and standing there in the OR holding my child and he's just looking at me, you know, in the newborn, like, stupor kind of way before yeah. he, like, slept permanently for, like, three days, you know? Yeah. And, um, man, it, uh, it just blows my mind. Like, that's the same little kid that's going to kindergarten next week. Um, and so I'd love to get some yeah. insights from you on parenting. You know, I think there's yeah. so much value in, in in men connecting with men who are a few steps ahead. Um, and so... What is it, I think, I asked you this question in an email like a week ago. Like, what is what is something with parenting that really excites you? Like, what is something about parenting, you know, especially as it pertains to our faith? Like, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, let's just go from there. Like, what yeah. is something that excites you? What do you like? What do you love teaching your kids? Yeah, man. Uh, I I think the,
0: one of the biggest things that the Lord is, is kind of showing me and teaching me through kind of all of this is, um, to actually teach. Um, and and so, uh, I grew up, man, you know, love my parents and, and still have great relationships with them. Um, but, but sometimes I feel like when I was growing up, there would be, I have two older sisters. And so I wasn't. I wasn't blazing any trails, you know, like, uh, -hmm. I I was just kind of falling in line. And in that, I think a lot of times, uh, there would be, you know, I, I would get in trouble for something or, or, you know, uh, would, would upset the natural order of things in or the natural rhythms in the family and, and would get in trouble for those things. And I, I didn't really understand why. Um, and so I, one of the things again, that the Lord, I, I feel like it's teaching me here is, is. To actually teach, you know, when the when the word says um, to teach teach the next generations my commands and, and these things, it's it's like okay, I, if one of my kids does something that is against rule or that they shouldn't do. There, there naturally comes discipline and, and punishment there. The, right. Lord, you know, the Lord disciplines the Lord. Because you love your kids. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so there naturally comes that. But I think a lot of times we can just kind of jump straight there and and, uh, and, and kind of miss like, hey, let me tell you why this is wrong. You know, let let, mm-hmm. let me tell you why what you've done, or the way that you spoke, or whatever is is first and foremost against what God has said we should do, and and how we should mm-hmm. act, and these things. And not only have you sinned against God in this, you've sinned against your brother or your sister or your mommy or you know uh, mm-hmm. or, or me. And so and so, actually, just kind of slowing down and and taking that time to teach it has been so fruitful, man. And it's like, golly, really? I, I don't do that all the time. I don't do it enough. You know, I feel like, cause you know, it's the fast pace of life. It's like, Hey, stop doing that. Hey, don't do that. You know, get, Hey, get over there. Hey, you're grounded from there, <laughs> you know? And, uh, <laughs> you're just kind of blowing and going, but, but man, the yeah, it feels like that. Yeah. I'm really bad. Uh, but, but trying to, uh, just be intentional about, man, I have a certain amount of time with each one of my kids. I've not been promised a day, uh, but I have them, and, and by God's grace, you know, uh, we hope to have them all for eighteen years in the house, and then, uh, and then just just to, you know, be loving grandparents as they're gone or as they, you know, move move out and grow up. But but for this limited time, I can be so tempted towards uh, ease or, or, or comfort mm-hmm. or you know, mm-hmm. uh, or, or just the, honestly, to give into the, the busyness and the quickness of just, Hey, stop doing that. Hey, don't talk to your brother that way again, go, you know, and, and just blow right past it, you know? Uh, yeah. 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 So I'm definitely guilty of that for sure. <laughs> I,
1: I told, I told Katrina, my wife that, um, we'd be talking about this today, you know, cause you did provide a little insight in that email, um, which I'm thankful for. Um, but she, we are definitely in the midst of, you know, we have a, we have a, five almost six-year-old we have a two almost three-year-old and we're right like i I feel like they're right at prime molding age you know none of the a lot of the discipline a lot of the teaching we're doing less so for my older one but especially for the like a lot of this discipline and molding that we're doing uh falls on fresh ears right now you know this Mm -hmm. is the first time you know maybe the second time or maybe it's the first time that it's the 10th time they've heard it, but it's finally starting to sink in after so many pressings in, you know, into this clay. Like it's starting to take shape of like, Hey, speak this way. We don't, you know, speak this way. Don't do that. Do this instead. Yada, yada, yada. And I am so guilty of just trying to get through it and just get on with the next thing. So we get back to the fun. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's not like I fear my, I really don't fear like my children not, I don't fear my children not loving me because, like, I feel like my parents were consistent parents and they were faithful parents in discipline uh, in the best ways, and 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 you know, and obviously through their sin as well. And uh, whenever they did sin, like in their disciplining me, like I I don't feel like it harmed my relationship. So, like, when I discipline my kids, like I I don't know where I'm going. Like, I feel like I. I air too much on the side of let's just be quick and get back to the fun. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, it, rather than seeing it as a teachable moment. And so there's like a challenge here. I spoke to a, a guy named Ryan Jentles, uh, for my second or third podcast, and, and he he made this great point uh, along those lines about how you only have so long to you only have listening ears for so long before they move on to the next thing. You know, so you don't have a full five minutes. You know, when they're so young to break down the theological implications of what they just did. Like you just got to say, Hey, God says this, we believe God's word. So here's why we act this way. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, I was wondering, I told Katrina, you know, we're going to be talking about this today. She wants as many examples. She's like, please tell Randy to give examples because I feel like we need examples of like, what is something like, or even hypotheticals, you know, like when my son does this or my daughter does that. How can I lovingly point them to Scripture? Yeah, yeah, um, because because that's our source of truth. You know, like yeah. it's not it's not just like, hey, we don't hit because society doesn't like hitting people. We don't bite <laughs> because you know we don't want our neighbors to think we're crazy. Like, yeah, <laughs> like there's yeah. spiritual truth to this. Yeah,
0: yeah, man. Um, you know, it it is uh, again, like what you were saying, like trying to get back to the fun is, is such a temptation. And especially, you know, for me, I I don't like conflict. I don't like not fun things, you know? And, and so it is a temptation to, to do that. One, one example, um, that, uh, that I'll give, which, you know, you'll, you'll appreciate this with a kid going into kindergarten. Uh, so, uh, when Barrett, my oldest was in, when he was in kindergarten, uh, he came home one day and uh we were you know at the dinner table, all eating and going around and talking, and there was kind of a lull in a conversation and uh and uh he he just goes, troy said blank today and uh and and that blank was what uh, was oh, a bad word it <laughs> was probably one of the worst ones and, okay <laughs> uh, and, and so uh, man, the, it just everything stopped. There was like a clang on the table. Allie dropped her fork, and the record kinda, scratched. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> DJ in the corner. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and it was in that moment that I was like, dude, I would have gotten reamed for saying this at the dinner table. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, but it was mm-hmm. so evident. Man, he's a kindergartner and, and the innocence mm. of, him bringing that to us, like was a moment to rejoice, you know, like mm-hmm. that he felt safe to, to mm-hmm. say that and he was like, I don't know what this word means. but uh, it seemed like there was some weight behind it when he said it, you know, and stuff. So I'm going <laughs> yeah. to, I feel safe here and I want to, uh, I want to come here. And I think part of it is, um, because I tried to tell him when he first started going to school, I tried to tell him like, Hey, you're, you're going to hear, uh, a lot of words that you don't know what they mean and your mm-hmm. kindergarten friends and your first grade friends, or, you know, whoever they are going to think they know what that word means. Um, I was like, if you ever have a question about a word, come talk to me. I promise you, I will tell you the truth. I will tell you what yeah. it actually means so that yeah. you will not have to learn about it from a kindergartner or first grade or whatever. And so this was a yeah. beautiful example of him doing that. And so I was able to go, okay, how did he say it? You know, what, <laughs> what was the context? What did he mean? Um, yeah. and, uh, and then, you know, L- L- Levi was, um, man, probably four at the time and he was like, huh, oh, <laughs> oh, what, you know, and he's kind of, he's like, he'll, he'll, oh, no. you know, kind of soak it up. And so I was like, Derek, come back. you know, so we, we, we went in the playroom and, uh, and just had a, a conversation and, and man, it was just really sweet because there was just this innocence, in him in this curiosity and and uh, to be able to to just kind of go okay that word is a slang word or representation of this biblical truth. You know, this mm-hmm. is, uh, you know, a slang like for a body part that the Lord has created and God has mm-hmm. created it to be good for this reason. And, you know, got to talk about the design for, uh, for, you know, manhood and womanhood and, and human flourishing and all of these, uh, things. And in just that little moment with, where it could have just been like, don't say that word, you know, and then we could have moved on. Uh, and I'm not saying, I'm, yeah, you know, like did that perfectly. Uh, but there was at the end of it, I was like, that being said, we do not say that word. We don't, we don't say it with our friends. We don't do, it, you know, and yeah. he's like, so I can't be like, you're, uh, and you're, a you're, a, and I was like, that's good. Get it all out right now. Get it out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, uh, but that was a really sweet example, man. And, and, it, it, or just a sweet moment. And I, and I think along with that, you know, whether it's, um, you know, something innocent like that, that he doesn't understand, or if it's something that for the, you know, 15th time, it's like, Hey, you cannot hit your brother. You know, and yeah. just say that and then in that moment to go <coughs> excuse me. Again, kind of uh, kind of teaching them like this is why this is wrong, because God the violence is not the answer. This is set out in scriptures, you know, and, and even if it's you know mm-hmm. age appropriate, like just Ten Commandments, like, hey, don't steal things. It's not it's not for you. You know. Yeah. Ten commandments are kindergarten level, you know, like
1: yeah, don't absolutely.
0: do not do not do these things. God says it's wrong. We've offended, and so we want to. And, and even in that process, you're like the Christian life is about uh, repentance, confession, repentance. Mm-hmm. You know, and so trying to teach them uh, those things in in the moments of going, you've sinned against God. and There's grace, you know, but mm-hmm. there there are there are also consequences. Earthly consequences, church. yeah, and and that's absolutely um, that that's not the consequences are not devoid of grace. You know, I think a lot of times we can try to separate those two, uh, and, mm. and, and you know, there are consequences to our actions. We don't saying sorry doesn't make everything better. You know, um, yeah, but but it is yeah. it is that that mundane day to day life of uh, of a Christian of you know confession repentance. Like we're never we're never this side of heaven going to get um, to the place where we don't have things to confess and repent of. You know, and, yeah. and so trying to. Instill that into them early, uh, as yeah. we as we're talking about these things. And so,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you walk me through the process of? Um, I mean, you gave me a great example. Like we kind of did this already, but I'm curious, maybe in more general terms, could you walk me through the process of saying, like, you know, say your 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 oldest son is, is being too rough, you mm-hmm. know, with your youngest, mm-hmm. you know, um, and just pestering him. Yeah. You know, like these moments we have, like uh, you know, we're we're like the oldest. Maybe know something's going on, but they're just pushing buttons, pushing buttons, pushing buttons. Could you walk me through the situation of how you would parent through that? Yeah, I
0: mean, we talk a lot about kindness um, and and trying to be kind, um, and so <coughs> excuse me, is it is very easy to not be kind, uh, and yeah. especially when you know your little brother. Doesn't understand and he's taking your toys um, and well so right now, um, my so my oldest is uh, almost eleven, my youngest is six. There, there's a huge age gap there, and you know, yeah. as,
1: as adults, that's and not, size difference. Yes,
0: <laughs> dude. And so, um, my Barrett is is uh, we're, we're trying to work with him on kindness and patience and using your size to serve others, uh, because you can use your size to serve yourself. And, uh, and that is unkind, you know, to your sister and the he man, he's doing a great job. It's obviously a struggle at times, but, but there are the, the hardest thing is getting him to understand this this injustice you feel like so when your sister hits you or uh you know is walking and bumps into you in the hallway because she's mad <laughs> you know these things it, it it's not that injustice that you feel is not like another 11 year old doing that exact same thing to you that knows better and is you know is trying to whatever like cognitively she's on a whole different plane and so trying to yeah. teach him to have patience uh for her it is not super easy because in a lot of ways we're asking him to have the mindset that we have, whereas you know, developmentally he's trying to figure that out and then we're asking her to have the mindset of an 11 year old. And so just just trying to find that balance of like age appropriate um, yeah. responses and things because, um, because I would come down on him a lot harder if he were to hit his sister. You know, right. and so for him, developmentally, he's like, "Well, you don't, you don't get that upset with her," and uh, you know, and then there's the <laughs> yeah, of, she's a whole dynamic of she's a girl, <laughs> you know, and uh, like, like she's also much smaller, smaller. <laughs> yeah, she's the youngest. There's so many things, and so, um, man, just trying to have conversations with him on a level that, that he can understand where I'm not expecting him to be a parent, but I'm also expecting him to not act like a six year old. I'm expecting him to act like an 11 year old. Um, yeah, yeah. and, and, and that happens through a lot of trial and error. Um, but, but certainly through just a lot of conversation. And so mm. our kids probably get tired of hearing us talk a lot, but we, so we try not to lecture, but, but really trying to ask questions and just trying to give <clears throat> insights and, and and then also knowing, man, there's grace for the moment. There's grace for the day. And we're not always going to say things perfectly. We're not always going to do things perfectly. But um, mm-hmm. again, growing up the way that we grew up, man, in like the sitcom era, it's like well, everything gets wrapped up in 22 minutes, you know. And so, <laughs> yeah, you know, if if you let that kind of <coughs> kind of shape your idea of parenting, then you're going to put so. So much weight on every interaction with your kid. You're on every, like, time they come and ask, uh, yeah. you know, what? Is, somebody said sex. What is sex? You know, you're gonna feel this weight of like, I have to navigate this <laughs> moment perfectly. And I yeah. have to,
1: and you got to tie it up in four minutes. My <laughs> goodness,
0: dude! And uh, we got to have the soundtrack playing, the soft music in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, where, where instead, man, if you just look at it as like, man, we're just we're just chiseling a little bit at a time, and and we're going to mm. do it We're going to make mistakes. and We're going to do things imperfectly, but at the end of the day, my goal is is for my kids to know I could talk to my parents about anything. I was not scared to talk to them about anything. They would always. Love me and point me to Jesus, and mm. they were really quick to say that they're sorry. Um, I mm. and I, I try to make it a point to apologize to my kids as much as I can. Um, yeah, because again, like to normalize, hey, Daddy sins too. Like this is part of. Life, like my so my my boys have, um, they're they're believers. They you know have been baptized, uh, confess faith, and and so mm. it's just sweet Praise to God. see. Yeah, dude, it's such a gift, man. Um, and so it's sweet to see, uh, them trying to work out you know their faith in the midst of of all this, but but trying to normalize mm. again, like, like hey, I need Jesus just as much as you guys do, and you need Jesus just as much as we do, and so. <clears throat> And so we confess, we repent and and we walk in God's grace, you know, uh, but mm-hmm. trying to trying to normalize that instead of like this yeah. I'm the perfect parent and I'm gonna say everything perfectly every time what I say goes and all that stuff because then it, that just ends <laughs> up being a train wreck man
1: yeah, yeah well that and I think <clears throat> I think you know we we have such a romanticized view I don't know if you do, but I feel like in my mind at least I have a romanticized view of like past decades of parenting you know father knows best and and you know these more clear at least outwardly clear images of you know dad's the head of the household and things and yes we are the head of the household but like that doesn't always mean that we're infallible Mm. um you know and like we have this image i have this image in my mind of like the perfect dad of like the leave it to beaver dad Mm -hmm. you know or something you know like the guy's infallible and anything he says his wife's like sure sure dear and the kid's like yes dad and yeah like man, if I could only be a good dad, I would look like that. And yeah. and and really, I think the truth is more like what you were saying, where a faithful father, you know, a defiant dad, if you will, in relation to culture, um, will be one who admits their mistakes. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, I, I had a really rough moment with my son earlier this week. If I hang on a second, can you hear me? Okay, I can hear you. Yeah, sorry, sorry, I, was about sorry to, yeah. I pressed a button on my I accidentally pressed <laughs> the mute button, <laughs> On my on my recorder. Uh, <laughs> I had a rough moment with my son earlier this week, and I uh, really regret it. You know, he was just. It was the start of a new week. We had a great few days off. My wife works twelve-hour shifts at the hospital, and so <laughs> I spend a lot of daytime hours with my kids. Um, and um, <clears throat> it uh, it was just a rough day. You know, like no, wasn't any one thing he did bad, but. Between, between you know, uh, just disobeying me and pestering his sister and just doing things that he knows are wrong. Nothing huge, but it's just the accumulation through the day. And then, like, at the end of the day, <clears throat> he wouldn't obey me in, like, a more serious way. And I just lost my cool. Yeah, You know, he's five years old, and I just lost my cool. And I just felt... In the moment, I felt justified, right. you know? Yeah. Like, I felt like like he, my son is going to experience what the wrath of God is like. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I just, oh, what a, what a perverse, like, thought uh-huh. that was. You know, I shudder to even say it out loud now. And, like, because there is some truth. Like, there is truth to, right. our, to our sin. Like, my child is disciplined because he needs to learn. God takes sin seriously. Mm-hmm. But he also takes grace and love seriously too. Yeah. Um, and I fall so short of the latter two, um, in my own parenting, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and I, 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 appreciate your grace, your graceful approach to parenting, Randy, because mm-hmm. like you say, we're just chiseling a little bit of a time and, and really our parenting over 18 years and beyond, you know, is going to be the accumulation of these little chips. Mm hmm. You know, over and over, Um, and so I. I, At the end of the day, like, thankfully, we had like an hour or two before bedtime, and things smoothed over. And my son has a great way of not dwelling on when he's been disciplined, and it just finally his sister fell asleep, and I laid in bed with him, and I said, "Man, I'm so sorry. I've been a terrible daddy today. Uh, I love you." can you please forgive me? And he just mm-hmm. looked at me and goes, sure, daddy, I love you. It's okay. Yeah. I was like, we're going to have a better day tomorrow. Right. He said, yeah, daddy,
0: you know, it'll be yeah. great.
1: Yeah. You know, and I was just, ah, man, I still, I'm so haunted, <laughs> you know, and I'm so thankful that, that it seems like my son understand, is starting to understand yeah. a little bit of forgiveness, you know? And I don't know. I think if I had been the high parent, he could never admit that he's wrong. Like mm-hmm. that would be so much more damaging yeah. than these little moments of, of weakness on my part. Yeah. man. Um, and, and,
0: and uh, man, I'm so encouraged by that. And which is like, yeah, man, that sounds like a normal day of parenting, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, us getting overwhelmed and, and that, but you know, the, the thing in, in that moment, Uh, when, when you were able to go and apologize to him, it's twofold, right? Like you're getting to model for him Christianity, God, and and you're getting to point him to the perfect father, you know, because Mm -hmm. we are not the perfect fathers. And so we make mistakes, but we get to apologize and say, Hey, isn't it good that we have a good father that that loves us and never gets mad at us in these ways and never loses. It's cool. You know, we get to point that, but then the other thing is, man, the, the Lord is teaching you even in that he, he's teaching you how to be a father, but, but he's teaching you about fatherhood by us when we see that we're bad fathers, you know, that, that yeah. like when we, um, <clears throat> Michael Reeves and in, in delighting the Trinity talks about, um, when, when ha, like having an imperfect uh physical father like in in uh in, in the family and and having like this um uh, like a we 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 can either model the the father of lights or the father of lies and yeah. and I think if we can teach our kids as the lord teaches us more about that if we can teach our kids hey right here I'm sorry I was not modeling the good father um and, and pointing that out to them and going, isn't it good that we have a good father, you know, for us. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and, and it's just a beautiful absolutely, thing, man. man, that it's teaching your son and it's, and it's teaching you, uh, at the same time, the spirit's so sweet to move in, in those times. Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, yeah. I appreciate your, your insight. It's been such a great time today talking to you about fatherhood. Uh, I got a question, I got a few questions I like to wrap up my podcast with. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> First of all, the name of the podcast is The Defiant Dad Podcast. Nice. What does the word uh, defiant mean to you?
0: Uh, yeah, I think, like, not conforming, you know. Um, uh, the, when I hear that, especially that, you know, that the name of that is, man, we are uh, trying to navigate a culture that is um, just path of least resistance just kind of going with the flow like you know fathering is letting your kids do whatever because they know what's best for them and it's their true selves you know but i i hear that mm-hmm. and i go no, we're 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 called to something higher we're called to something different you know romans yeah. don't don't be conformed to the patterns of this world uh, mm-hmm. and so absolutely i'm not gonna i, I don't want to be a father like you know um some, you know, somebody, not not to get into the comparison game, but you know what I mean? Like, of course, I I want to be a father that, that follows, follows the father of lights and that, and Mm. that realizes I'm not the father of lights. You know what I'm saying?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And pointing that out. Yeah. It's a tough, it's a tough line we walk, you know, because we want to be authoritative, but we also Mm got to admit our, our shortcomings point, point our children to the father who is perfect and who's ultimately authoritative and the uh, one you hear us, then, you
0: hear, sorry I was no, just the one, the one that has been truly offended you know cuz before yeah, my kids ever sinned against me they sin against god you know yeah, and that's such to, a
1: deep thing too i i don't think about that enough like mm-hmm. god is actually offended by our sin mm-hmm. you know he's not surprised by our sin cuz he's right. omniscient you know yeah. um but he is offended by it yeah yeah and it's <laughs> that's, you know psalm
0: 51 uh uh like David lays out like I like for him to say against you and you alone have I sinned, that's like hey bro, I think you sinned against Uriah and Bathsheba and like Sin against a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But but his understanding of sin being first and foremost <coughs> an offense to God um mm. is mind blowing. And you're right, I don't I don't think about that as often in, as I, I hope to, you know, in the future. Yeah.
1: How do you how do you point that to your kids? Like, how do you tell that to your kids? Like, Hey, hitting is wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you've also sinned against God. Like yep. that's such a hard concept. I think for a young mind, for like your for six sure. year old to understand, it's easier for me to understand. I think it'd be easier for me to explain it. If my son was 10, Oh, hundred percent, you know? Yeah. But, but when they're when they're five and they're six, like, yes, you, you have been disobedient to me, but you've also sinned against God. Like, how can you, how can you do that in like a short snippet? Like,
0: yeah, man, we we try to normalize um, saying that we're sinners, you know, and and just explaining mm-hmm. sin is not obeying God's rules, and uh, yeah. and so you know, talking about uh, talking about it in those ways. <coughs> excuse me, of saying you you have you've sinned, not just like hey you you broke this household rule or you you know you did a but it's like hey you sinned against. Against God, you sinned against your brother. You know, we need to we need to confess this. So we'll pray, you know, in the midst of discipline and confess and knee God, which is again why, why it's so important for for us to come back to them and apologize and and to do these things and to point out, Daddy is a sinner. Daddy needs because then it's like, hey, you're 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 not making a us and them. You're putting us all together in the same bucket to go. You're a sinner. I'm a sinner. We're all sinners. We need grace, and we need God. And yeah. and isn't He so good to given have given us Jesus? You know, to make yeah. a way. So I I think that's that's probably <coughs> excuse me that's probably one of the ways we do it is just talking
1: normalizing sin. Normalizing. I think that's the weird words. word for that. Yeah, yeah, that's something I could just stand to do in my family more is normalizing. Like, I feel like we do an okay job of praying with our kids mm-hmm. and asking for prayer and teaching them about prayer. And we do an okay job of, like, worshiping through song and through art and things like that um, and even reading the Bible together. But I don't do such a great job of normalizing using the word sin. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, using I we talk about right and wrong and we talk mm-hmm. about God sometimes or a lot of times. But yeah. Yeah, we are sinners. Like we're sinful, you know. And <clears throat> it, I, I need, I need to, I need to work that more into my conversation with my wife and with my kids. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's... <laughs> wife, you're being sin- you're being sinful right now, honey. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm sure that go well. Yeah, man. Because uh, I'm, you look forward I'm to not hearing the story definitely. of you
0: circling back with <laughs> her and apologizing. So,
1: yeah, we'll we'll come back in six months. That we'll the marriage, about it. the defiant
0: marriage podcast.
1: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's the sequel. I want to ask you, uh, just so Rady, uh you are the associate pastor at Northbrook Church. Yeah. This next question, I assume you have several answers. I should have fed this one to you in advance, but let's just see what you come up with off the cuff. No, uh, what true. is a book? What's a book uh, other than the Bible that has significantly shaped your uh, your growth spiritually?
0: Man, you know we uh, we just went through um, Dark Clouds, Deep Mercy, um, yeah. and it's a book on <coughs> oh, excuse me, it's a book on lament um, and and kind of mourning, and I mm-hmm. just think that's such a lost discipline. And such a lost art uh, for us in the church right now, and uh, and man to to have a book that kind of walks through Psalms and Lamentations in a way that mm. that kind of puts lament into the normal rhythms uh, of life that and, and really into the normal rhythms of church because you know as we go to church and as we go to you know we go through these rhythms and and, and things at church we sing we always always sing, always read the Bible, always hear from the word, always say, commun- you know, we're doing these things. But if we're, if we're always doing like the kind of happy, you know, kind of, yeah, go Jesus things, then we're really kind of lying about what the Christian faith is because as we're yeah. as we go to, as we go to church, we're, we're rehearsing the gospel in that we're mm-hmm. rehearsing these things. But if it's devoid of, um, of, of, Knowing the lament of and and the sorrows of mm-hmm. the man of sorrows, Jesus, and, and avoid entering into suffering, then um, then we just miss out on a huge piece yeah. of what life is. Um, yeah, yeah. And so one, that's one this thing, is one of the most recent things. I love that.
1: Yeah. Tell me again the name of the book. Deep uh, dark clouds. Dark clouds. Deep mercy. Awesome. I love yeah. that. I'm going to look that up. I yeah. One of the rhythms that we've started doing at City Church that I, we haven't started doing this. We've done this for a while now, uh, for the last, like two, two three-ish years ago, we kind of replanted. Uh, we've been around since 2010, but we, we went through a replanting phase uh, yeah. a couple years ago, right at the end of COVID. And um, one of the things that we've put into our Sunday rhythm that I really love is, is a time of confession. Yeah. You know, not like confession in the ca- Catholic sense, but like right. it's, it's a, like a guided prayer time. You know, where you're invited to to prayerfully consider. You know, the ways in which you have sinned in yeah. the week. You know, and, and I think a lot of churches these days don't have time like that, and and so we end up with an incomplete. Even, even if the church is preaching the gospel faithfully let's say and their worship songs are good and their experience is a net positive you know mm-hmm. I think there's still an incomplete picture at a lot of churches where we, we don't we're not confronted or re-confronted with our sin Yeah, dude. you know um, yeah. and so, so I, I that. appreciate yeah. that, that book
0: yeah and I loved, I loved that time uh, when I got to visit City Church it was um, yeah. just a sweet time to look at scripture and 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 do that. I mean, and the other book I would I would recommend, just kind of even along those lines of of doing things in service, is a book called Rhythms of Grace by Mike Cosper. <laughs> okay. um, it is, um, man, it's just a really really helpful book. it Just talks about worship from Old Testament to New Testament, and then uh, kind of goes through these like liturgical elements of service and and why they are so much deeper than um, you know why the call to worship is not. It's, you may read the scripture for the call of worship, but it's not it's not just okay we're gonna read this and start service. It's it's like no the the Lord has called us to worship him. He he's even even this morning called us out of a dark and dying world to gather together as his children as this mm-hmm. picture of that day when he comes and pulls his people out of the world. You know, and, and it's like you think of a call of worship like that and you're going, Oh my goodness. You know, yeah, some more waiting. Yeah, dude, and then a benediction is not just all right. See you guys next week. You're dismissed. You know, it's now we get as a picture of the Great Commission. We get sent back into the world, like the Lord's mm-hmm. called us here to worship Him and form us and shape us by His Word <coughs> and His Spirit. But then we we get to go out as as missionaries to a dark and dying world. Um, yeah. And it's just man that that whole book is it's so great. I really,
1: I love really I love that. I'm gonna look both of those up, Randy Thank you. Yeah yeah what um, this is a lot much lighter two questions are much lighter I don't know if you've heard other episodes so uh, ask these of everybody um, awesome. my apologies if you're if you're not prepared for this but no, I'm, what I'm uh, here for it, man. do you have do you have any um, controversial food related opinions like Jeff Jameson our dear friend Jeff Jameson is disgusted chocolate. by chocolate
0: he didn't like chocolate that guy,
1: yeah you knew that about him yeah He's, isn't that has, weird like, man, uh, <laughs> this is a uh, it's just toxic I could be so bold yeah Yeah, it is a toxic toxic masculinity there it is right there Jeff Jameson (laughs) the poster child of it Um, that's it
0: yeah yeah man I I do Um, and I think a good french fry does not need ketchup and oh that might be controversial Some maybe not I don't know but but I think (sighs) I think ketchup unless it's Whataburger fancy ketchup uh, oh, see spicy the spicy
1: water burger, yeah. the spicy ketchup with some nice crisp. Hot, like if you're lucky and you get the first batch out of the fryer, yeah, yeah. Oh, and they got that's, a little bit of crunch
0: to them. Yeah, dude, that's maybe the exception to the rule. Um, okay, but a lot of time, most of the other times, I think ketchup <coughs> downgrades the fry.
1: Okay, what yeah. is your
0: preferred French fry?
1: Man, shape, texture, you know. Sweet, yeah, sweet potato, white potato, you know.
0: Yeah, I man I want so badly to like sweet potato fries. Uh and I can I can I, can, <laughs> I want so badly. I can, muster, I can muster them up. You know, they're, they're just better for you. And I I understand that, but there's Allegedly. a reason they they're better for you is cuz they don't taste as good. Um <laughs> <laughs> No, I think man, you know, Wendy's changed their fries not too long ago and they're okay. They're they're a lot better than they were. It's just hard to beat a McDonald's
1: fries, you know? Yeah, they've, um, they've set the standard for a lot. What about, like, a Chick-fil-A fry? Right. Yeah, Chick-fil-A. See, that's, like, I the can, standard in our house.
0: Yeah, I, I can get down on that. The only beef I have with that
1: one is – huh, there's no beef
0: <laughs> But the only beef I have with that one is if you get too much peel on one of them.
1: And, oh, see, uh, those are the ones that I like the most. Really? Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, if I oh, could Richard. order a basket of, of – or a, you know, paper cup or whatever of, of Chick-fil-A waffle fries, but it's all the butts, like, where it's just <laughs> – where they're not whole, like, it's, and that's funny because I don't really yeah. like like the big fat like steak fries. Like even at a restaurant, yeah. like the fries yeah. are like yeah, an yeah, inch yeah. wide.
0: Yeah. I don't like those. Nah, those are it's way it's too, it's too much potato content.
1: Yeah. yeah, but I love the fried like salty potato butts or whatever you call them. I don't, yeah. know. I don't yeah. know what you call no, them. No. You know, the wavy yeah, keep ends. Keep calling it potato butt. I like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I should find a better term for that. No. Uh, well, we can, anyway. Okay, we can, to, we can go to Chick-fil-A and then
0: we'll split fries and you can take the butts. Yeah, I ahead. do. I do because yes.
1: they make a nice scoop for the sauce. I don't That's, know. I, don't know. I, I can get... Yeah. Have you ever... Have you... Boy, I'm going to have to have some french fries soon. Have you ever... Wingstop
0: um, too. Okay, I'll throw that have
1: out. You, oh, okay, the Wingstop fries and the... <laughs> dipping them in ranch though. Come on. It's, oh, it's, bro! It, yeah, yeah. That's I was gonna ask you, like, alternative dipping sauces, because oh, like a salt, true. the sweet and salty wing stop fries with a little ranch, him. Oh man, yeah, pretty, pretty yeah. unreal. Actually, recently I had um, In and Out fries. I think most people think are terrible, and I agree. They they leave much to be desired. Uh, they got to be just fried a little longer or something. I don't yeah. know. They're just not my a favorite. Too floppy. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Or maybe I just like frozen fries that get refried. I don't know. There's something about freezing that actually makes them taste better. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. But but I did have the animal style fries at In-N-Out once. Yeah. Uh, so unhealthy, but so good. Yeah. Have I mean, they're, the they're cheese fries. Have you ever done the well, cheese yeah, fries? On- those- yeah, we, well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I did it with cheese, and then the animal style, like grilled cheese. onion sauce on top. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's almost so what good. you have to do. Yeah, they, <coughs> yeah, I agree. You got they got to be doctored up. Okay, so yeah. last question. Yeah, I'm going to put you into a fight to the death. Okay. Um, and if you win, you're going to receive great fame and fortune. Okay. Um, only only catches you have to pick your opponent. Okay, <clears throat> um, and you're barehanded, by the way. You have okay. to pick your opponent. Do you choose to fight? A single horse-sized duck oh, man. or 100 duck-sized horses?
0: Man, I've thought a lot about this.
1: <laughs> I'm sure you have. <laughs> All of seven seconds. Yeah. Uh, okay, how many... How many uh, Let's put some parameters on horses. here. 100 duck-sized horses or one single horse-sized duck. And if it helps you, uh, I'm gonna put you into like a football size, football stadium size space. Like okay. you can't, you can't just infinitely run away. Yeah, yeah. Man, I,
0: I am gonna have to go the horse sized duck. Okay. Because, man, when there's a hundred little things, there, I mean, they're gonna come from all angles, and you're gonna wear yourself out and just be so tired. You, you're uh-huh. gonna run, they're gonna chase you, and it's gonna be. It's gonna be over. I'm gonna take my chances with the duck, even though ducks are surly, man.
1: Dude, but, they're wild. They're yeah. they're crazier than you think. Yeah. Um, but do you I worry know, at all with the season large season. duck, no. with the oversized duck? Do you worry at all about the way their neck can go like any which direction? Because that's the one thing with that. I worry about their lar- extra large feet. Yeah. you know duck feet when they're duck size, they're already like three four inches wide yeah but they're horse size like those those little flippers are like as wide as a Volkswagen
0: yeah right? like, there's there's not a lot I'm not worrying about uh, about the horse size <laughs> duck. but especially you know some of those some of those flippers have some talons on the so it depends on what type oh, of oh I didn't duck think about right. that I, I need more clarification
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a, a ruddy duck yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> yeah oh, cool I man I that's
0: how I'm going out man you know, all right. I'll give
1: it. My, i like I'll give it. it my best go, and I'm going
0: to see it coming, and I'm going to go be with Jesus.
1: I love it. I Such. love it, Randy. Well, uh, Randy Fuller, you're the associate pastor. Is that correct? Associate pastor. Tariff. Yeah, this week at yeah. North Northbrook. This week yep. at Northbrook Church. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> hey, if somebody if somebody like resonated with something that you said, and they want to reach out to you. How can they reach you? Yeah, if, man, if you're okay with it.
0: Yeah, shoot me an email, Randy at NorthbrookChurch.net. Um, okay. Or just uh, yeah, have them hit you up and. And you can give them, give them my info or whatever, but yeah, would love to connect.
1: Okay, well, awesome, man. Well, I'm going to hit stop on this recording. Let's stick around for five seconds just so the video can catch up on the right. download. And uh, awesome, Randy, what yeah. a great time! Thank you. Thanks brother. for having me, dude. Hey, if you have any feedback about today's show with Randy, uh, I'd really love to hear from you. Uh, shoot me a message straight from the homepage at defiantdad.com. And if you haven't already please don't forget to subscribe and uh, maybe leave me a five-star rating, as we said before. Uh, you know, this is a great way, an easy way, to boost the visibility of the show so that more dads like you and I can hear the life-changing message of the gospel. Uh, if you're on Instagram, uh, The Defiant Dad, we are on there as well. Uh, I'd be honored to have your follow. The name there is The Defiant Dad, all one word, The Defiant Dad. I like to post uh, stylized quotes uh, from my guest each week just as a way to remind you of our conversation and to build you up further again the name on instagram is the defiant dad all one word this is the defiant dad podcast my name is andrew sullivan and i will catch you next monday thank you so much for listening